Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, Well, we will talk about my appearance on Hannity last night. We're going to have a hell of a show Sunday on Fox. We're pushing back very, very hard on Life, Liberty, and Levin. We're going to have Leo Terrell for an entire half hour. We're going to have Alan West for an entire half hour. You're going to absolutely love what they have to say. And I'm going to continue to push back. Because the media are choosing the leaders of the black community as they try and choose the leaders overall of all communities and the country. And I'm not putting up with it. Black Lives Matter, the leaders of that organization, you don't even know their names. But we know they're, we know they're Marxists because they've told us that. And if I hadn't been pressing this point day in and day out, time after time on this program and on Levin TV, nobody would even know. Wouldn't even know that they're Marxists. Mr. Producer found her interview back in 2015. One of the co-founders. And since then we found more. In Breitbart, Joshua Klein did a hell of a job. Digging up additional information. Information that you will not see from other newsrooms. They're, They're just busy, you know, hunting down and investigating kids from Kentucky. Catholic school kids. Now, you're seeing a new Fox poll that's all over the place of registered voters. So registered voters over time changes when you get to closer to the election, 60 to 90 days out, to likely voters. Why? Because registered voters doesn't mean anything. I don't say you ignore it completely. If you're way behind, you want to run scared because you want to win. Whether you're playing a sporting event, whether it's military activity, okay, it's better to be playing as if you're behind because you may well be, then they just blow it off. But that said, the early polling is very inaccurate. 
But that doesn't mean the campaign can't get better. It doesn't mean the focus can't be better. It doesn't mean the subject matter can't be better. But one of the problems we have is a, a Soviet-style media. Now, the Democrat Party, as I've said many times, is a very, very evil institution. It's been very evil for the vast majority of American history. With some bright spots, but that doesn't, that doesn't paint over the evil. It's a party that has never embraced Americanism. It embraced the Confederacy and slavery and segregation. It embraced Jim Crow, which included literacy tests, poll taxes, whatever could be done to stop black people from voting. And now it's a democratic socialist party. It's not a democratic socialist party. It is literally a soft Marxist party. Because that's what Antifa is involved in, that's what Black Lives Matter is involved in, and that's what Bernie Sanders is involved in. I want to reiterate what I said yesterday and what I said on TV last night. These protesters are Bernie Sanders supporters, they are Democrats, and they are going to vote for Joe Biden. The little Soviet-style six-block area in Seattle, the leaders there, which are saying, let's disband, and we're going to disband and vote Democrat for Biden— those are Sanders supporters who are going to vote for Biden. The Black Lives Ladder, uh, leaders are Sanders supporters who are saying now vote for Biden. We've got to get rid of Trump. And most of the media are Sanders supporters and or Democrats who are going to vote for Biden because they want to get rid of Trump. So there are all these things going on in our system which make it obviously more difficult for the president and for Republicans. I dare say there's almost no Republicans pulling down monuments. Maybe a few, but I dare say almost none. And I've observed, as I did the other day, that the majority of these people standing around pulling down monuments and protesting are not black. They're white. And now Pew Research has taken a look Only about one in six protesters over the last month, they write, are black Americans. While a plurality plurality are white, according to Pew Research Center analyses. Now, I have been saying the media should go into the crowd and see who these people are, what's going on. But they won't, because they're pushing a narrative. The recent protests and riots have been centered around racial tensions with law enforcement. Only 17% of protesters have been black. While 46% are white, 22% are Hispanic, and 8% are Asian, the analysis says. Now, this is a very important point. So when you see rioting and violence and mostly peaceful protesting going on in black communities, you need to understand that 46% of the people involved in this are white. 46% are white. 17% are black. Bernie Sanders supporters. And I'm looking at the uh, the chart. The protesters are overwhelmingly Democrats. Almost four in five of the protesters said they are Democrats or Democrat-leaning. Less than 17% of the protesters said they are Republicans. So what that means is 80% of the protesters are Democrats. 80%. Protests in Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Washington, D.C., and New York City 
have been dominated by Antifa members and Black Lives Matter activists. In one recent incident, a white woman could be seen yelling and shouting at two black police officers. And this gets under my skin like nothing else. These black police officers have it tougher than anybody else for a variety of reasons. And to see this, these pukes who are coming out of the suburbs and out of our colleges or gentrified areas of these cities and getting into the face of a black officer and calling them names and so forth, and so they have to have incredible restraint. And they do. More restraint than I would have. But put yourself in their place. But I want to repeat this so the backbenchers can repeat it. It's very important. Of these protests that you've seen, including the violent rioting activity, 46% of the participants are white. Only 17% are black. 22% are Hispanic. 8% are Asian. You wouldn't know that watching TV because they keep pushing the Black Lives Matter guys and gals out front, don't they? They keep bringing Sharpton in to comment. Or some goofball, tenured Marxist Maoist professor with this university or that university to comment. By the way, did you see Joy Reid's getting a permanent slot, the Chris Matthews slot on MSLSD? Did you see that, Mr. Producer? Apparently all of her past posts, her homophobic posts, her bigoted posts, her anti-Semitic posts, none of it matters. While she and others support pulling down monuments. None of it matters. Pretty incredible. And so now we have this statue the, uh, in the Emancipation area, the Lincoln statue, where we've been told now for days that it's a racist statue because you have a black gentleman, the last freed slave, who is on his knees staring up at Lincoln. Haven't we been told this, Mr. Producer, and time and again? But that's not what he's doing, is it? If you look at his shackles, his shackles are broken, and he's getting off his knees, and he's standing up for the future and for freedom. That statue was paid for by freed black slaves, emancipated slaves. It was honored at its unveiling by Frederick uh, Douglass, one of the great abolitionists who escaped slavery, brilliant man. Ulysses S. Grant, who fought against slavery, opposed slavery. He spoke at the event too. But now I want you to hear about it from the people who every day are at the statue, talk about the statue. These are elderly black women where they do uh, some kind of drama about the statue and about the people on the statue. As reported by WJLA-TV, the local affiliate in Washington, D.C. You won't hear this on national TV, whether it's network or cable or whatever. And you need to know the facts, but keep something in mind. These people rioting and protesting and pulling down mine, they're not interested in facts. They're fanatics. They're fanatics. And fanatics don't care about facts. What drives them are emotions and anger and hate. That's it. Cut 14, go. 
It's a piece of art. President Abraham Lincoln, arm extended over Archer Alexander, the last slave recaptured under the Fugitive Slave Act, getting up off his knees. Some people find it offensive. We want a better vision for today's society. Now let's but just the- stop. So he's getting up off his knees. His chains are broken for freedom. He's getting up for freedom. He's not on his knees under Lincoln. And this young guy looks to be about 23. He's, ah, I don't know. I want a better future. Too bad, you jerk. Who cares what you want? There's a history here, and there's a lot of people who are involved in this. And you just come along, and you want a better history. Go ahead. Freed, female reenactors of distinction, see it differently. This statue is a part of African-American history. This statue was paid for and conceived by black people. They brought a photo of freed slave Charlotte Scott, who gave the first $5 to fund it. Marsha Cole is her reenactor. A truly servile figure would be on both knees with his head bowed. She says observers need to look closer. His chains are broken. He's getting up. Because he's looking forward to a life of freedom. 25,000, including President Ulysses Grant, came to see the statue unveiled April 14, 1876, the 11th anniversary of Lincoln's assassination. Black Civil War vets paid the bulk of the $17,000 it cost. D.C.'s Congresswoman weighed in today, saying blacks paid for the statue, but whites designed it. As you see, Black Lives Matter... As you see, blacks demanding to be treated as... See, she's an ignoramus. She doesn't know what's going on with this statue. An absolute ignoramus. The young guy's an ignoramus. Doesn't have any idea what's going on with this statue. And facts won't matter anyway. Now, I don't know what she's done for emancipation, Delegate Norton. I don't know what this guy has done. They've done nothing. So the people who suffered under slavery built this statue and paid for it. The president who lost his life was assassinated by a former Confederate, Democrat, racist, shot in the back of his head. He's the one on the statute. Ulysses S. Grant, who fought against the Confederacy and defeated the Confederacy, and that was a close call. They don't know anything. They're stupid. Forget about it. Eleanor Holmes Norton knows everything. And this young guy, we need a better whatever. He knows everything. You literally have a number of black people in Washington, D.C. saying, leave our statue alone. This is the first statue of Lincoln in the United States. Leave it alone. No! Got to take it down. Go ahead. (laughs) That statue... Uh, does not depict our equality. She says it should be in a museum. And we need to have representation of black people that are just as strong, proud, and showing of dignity. But some neighbors oppose removal. I think it's misguided. Yes, this is the very first... These are all African-Americans. Go ahead. ...ever. Well, it's got to come down. We got to show history differently. Who's stopping anybody from putting up statues today that show vibrant, successful African-Americans? Who's stopping anyone from putting up those statues? You know, these are Democrat cities, and many of them are run by African-American mayors and city council. Put up some more statues. Do what you want. Just don't tear down our history. I'll be right back. Mark
At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith, and their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian in faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. One of the great thinkers and philosophers on the Democrat side, you may have heard of him, his name is Al Sharpton. He's a host at MSLSD because they have no standards over there. And of course, he's on with the morning schmo, and he has no standards. Cut five, go. Donald Trump is right about one thing. He said, this is our history. It is a history of people that tried to overthrow the government to maintain enslaving people that looked like me. That's the history. That is not a history. No, 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 no. The history is that a nation of 31 million people, 21 million in the north, 10 million in the south, that the vast majority, two-thirds, fought against slavery. That's the history. Al, go ahead. To exalt a history we want to salute, we should have the statues of those that fought and defeated them, not the ones that was defeated. How would a World War II veteran feel about paying taxes to have a, a, a statue of Mussolini or Hitler in their public square? Well, you know, people said to me, Mark, how would you answer that? Answer what? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mussolini and Hitler? We're talking about statues of American soldiers on the side that lost the Confederacy. That represented about 10 million people out of a population of 31 million. They were defeated. They were Americans. And Lincoln tried to bring the country together. Why would we have statues of Hitler and Mussolini in our country? Why would we build statues with Hitler and Mussolini? What states did they come from? None. Try again, Al. Uh, Forget it, actually. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian in faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. A 
says today. What the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. By the way, as a footnote, many of you are probably saying, Mark, why don't you talk about the coronavirus anymore? Let me tell you something. You hear all this talk about the number of people with the coronavirus is skyrocketing. It's really going up. Well, of course it is. There's more and more testing going on, but that's not even my point. What aren't they telling us, Mr. Producer? What's the death rate? Because they're not reporting it. So I just looked it up. I have spent months talking about this. I've stopped the last few weeks. Because we already told you the denominator is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger with more and more and more and more testing. So what do they do? They only look at the denominator. All right, what's the death rate? According to the CDC, 0.2%. Two-tenths of 1%. Two-tenths of 1%. Now, why are the media just talking about the rates of uh, the number of people who have the virus and not the fact that almost nobody, as a statistical matter, is passing from this, and the vast majority who do have these uh, various comorbidities and are elderly? Because Joe Biden is out there accusing the president of killing people. And so not only is that outrageous from the mental patient, but to say that the death rate is 0.2% and about 40% is is the elderly takes the whole narrative away. Takes the whole narrative away. So I'm keeping an eye on this. And now Cuomo blames the president and the federal government for his decision in sending virus-positive patients into nursing homes. This guy, this guy really should be on trial for mass murder. He really should. Instead, he's glib. He's glib. If Biden could say, you know, Trump's responsible for thousands and thousands of deaths, I've heard him say different, no, 60,000 Well, uh, of course, that's a lie. But clearly, a decision by Cuomo cost people their lives. And a lot of them. And I want to repeat this because people may not have been here. There's actually been a review now by Pew Research. And 83% of the people who have been protesting and rioting are Democrats. Exactly what I've been saying, Mr. Producer, without the stats. They have to be. Less than 17% claim to be Republicans. So 83% are Democrats. What else? Also something I observed and told you the other day. I do this at great risk because we're now in a period of uh, how do we destroy you know, conservatives? How we do we destroy Mark Levin and that sort of thing? So I try to tell you the truth, what I see, what I conclude from it. And what I see is correct. 46% of those who've attended protests or been involved in rioting as best as they can tell have been white. 17% black. 22% Hispanic. 8% Asian. Now, let me give you the context here. 64% of the country is said to be white. All right? So 46% of those 
protesting are white. 11% of the country is black. 17% of those protesting are black. 15% of the country is Hispanic. They now outnumber blacks. 22% protesting. 5% of the country is Asian. 8% protesting. But they should have gone further. How many are college graduates? How many are college students? How many are teachers? How many are professors? How many are bureaucrats coming out of the buildings in Washington, D.C.? Wouldn't you love to know that? Because let me tell you what's going on. These people are not representative of America. Forget about race. They're not representative of America. They are, and just listen, they are Bernie Sanders supporters. They are Marxists. Black Lives Matter, Marxist. Antifa, Marxist. And they're going to vote for Biden, not because they like Biden, but because he's not Trump. And they know Biden, that Biden's not all there. And this is no joke. This is serious. People better start focusing on this. And Biden will be manipulated. He'll be a puppet. But these are basically Bolsheviks. These were Bernie Sanders Bolsheviks, and now they're Joe Biden's Bolsheviks. Bolsheviks. Tear it down. I want a better representation. Get rid of it. And you have other people in all races. But look at this monument we talked about. Elderly black ladies, or mid-age, middle-aged black ladies. So, whoa, 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 don't tear this down. Do you understand what you're tearing down? Doesn't matter. They're Marxists first. It's not really about racism or systemic racism or the cops. That's what the NBA and the NFL want you to think it's about. That's what Commissioner uh, Goodell, Dumbbell, that's what Commissioner Dumbbell wants you to think it's about. That's what the ESPN lineup wants you to think it's about. Nothing to do with that. Nothing. This is an a, uh, insurrection, if you will. That's what it is. I want you to listen to this Congressman Andre Carson today. He wants to take down Jefferson. He wants to take down Washington. And what did I say yesterday? Here and on Fox. And we'll get to that. Well, then let's take the Bill of Rights away, too. Because the Bill of Rights was drafted, adopted by Congress, sent to the states for ratification during the, quote, as he says, dark past of America's history, unquote. Freedom of speech, a free press, the free exercise of religion, the freedom to peaceably assemble, the right to bear arms, due process, equal protection, probable cause to attain a warrant, a jury of your peers, a public trial, a speedy trial. I can go on and on and on. That was given to us, not in the ether, not in the atmosphere. That was put in our governing document after the first Congress met by men who voted in Congress who were from free states and men who were from slave states. It was ratified in states that were free and ratified in states that had slaves. And so, of course, we denounce slavery. Of course, we reject slavery. Of course, we recognize slavery as a very low point in our history. 
which is one of the reasons you don't wipe it out. You pay attention to it. I don't mean slavery per se, but the history of slavery. People need to learn from these things. But do you want to wipe out these men? You want to pull down their monuments? You want to burn their books? Well, then burn the Bill of Rights. No more assembly. No more free speech. No freedom of the press. They're the ones who put it in there, Al Sharpton. Fredo Cuomo. People are using the Bill of Rights. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, abusing them, but using them. Athletes, sportscasters, Hollywood types, Democrat Party members, using the Bill of Rights. This is where this freedom comes from. While demanding that we pull down the statues of the men who gave us the Bill of Rights. Right? Al Sharpton didn't give us the Bill of Rights. Colin Kaepernick didn't give us the Bill of Rights. John Meacham didn't give us the Bill of Rights. Who's he, Mark? I'll get to him. Andre Carson sure as hell didn't give us the Bill of Rights. But here's what he has to say. Cut seven, go. As far as those statues are concerned, why is it that the uh, Democrats aren't speaking out about destruction of a pr- property? Hmm? Well, that's, that's, that's not universal. I think what's important to know that... By the way, this is Kerry Pickett. She is a terrific reporter. Go ahead. Are a painful reminder of a dark past in America's history. You know what? You know they're not all Confederate statues that are being yanked down, so let's get that. And... And you can't put all Democrats in one box. But what is clear is that these statues have to be removed so we can move forward in our country. So why is it, though, that... See, these same people not only... Let's stop a second. Anybody here believe that you remove these statues and we're going to move forward as a country? There's a lot on the table here, ladies and gentlemen. Reparations, redistribution of wealth. Remember, these are Marxists. Redistribution of wealth. God knows what else. Oh, yes. Socialism. Economic socialism. So there's a lot here on the list that Black Lives Matter has, that Antifa has. And it's the genius who spoke on Fox the other day. The Black Lives Matter leader in New York City said, if we don't get what we want, we're burning the system down. And then when he's, he's called on, he says, well, it could have been figuratively, maybe not. You think about it. No, I'm not thinking about it at all, pal. Tough guy. Go ahead. They were sexist. They were against women. They saw women as second-class citizens. But we know that all the statues that are being yanked down by these protesters are not all Confederate statues. And, and should they be yanked down? And, and why is it that Democrats well, are well, not okay. being... Well, 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 we're pulling statues down because people are sexist? Now, that's a low bar for Democrats, Mr. Producer. And we have to take down Bill Clinton's presidential portrait and John Kennedy's portrait. And Lyndon Johnson's portrait. And half of Congress's portrait. Andre Carson. I mean, the Democrats have been very, very good at sexism. Over the decades. So now we're going to pull down statues because... Was General Bragg a sexist? Who the hell knows? This guy's ignorant. Doesn't matter. Just pull the stuff down so we can move forward, ladies and gentlemen. So do we conservatives get to decide what statues to pull down to? How about all the Marxist statutes? How about Franklin Roosevelt's statue? Can we yank that down, given the fact that he really did round up Japanese Americans? How about Woodrow Wilson, 
I'd like to pull down his statue, right, folks? He was a racist. Where, where's his statue? But he was a Democrat. How about Robert Byrd, the 4,000 different things, I guess, something like that, that they're in his name in West Virginia and other parts of the country. His statue's in the Capitol. Where's Mr. Carson on that? Nowhere. They eulogized him. Go ahead. Vociferous about their opposition to destruction. Well, you're speaking, you're, you're, you're speaking in absolutes. I think you have to understand that there are Democrats who are saying that there is a process to this, and the process is taking place. The problem is that... There's no after- process taking place, genius. It's not a process when a mob pulls down a statue. In many cases, they don't even know what the hell the statue is. That's not a process. What are you talking about? Go ahead. Decades of critiques and, and, and an insistence that these statues be removed. Bureaucrats have refused to take these What statues. are you talking about? Decades of critiques and bureaucrats have said these statues should be removed. Really? Where? What are you talking about? But apparently nobody agreed. So what do we do now? Yank them down? Go ahead. But, speaking now. but we're hearing about Thomas Jefferson. We're hearing about George Washington. Sure, sure, sure. It, it, Slave owners, um, womenizers, people who... You see, you see, you see? So if we're going to take them down and they're slave owners and womenizers and that's all they were, then for Representative Carson, how the hell can he uphold the Constitution of the United States when at least some slave owners wrote it and ratified it. What about all these other concepts about due process and equal protection? Is there a problem with that? Really appalling. Go ahead. Citizens, people who didn't see women as being worthy enough of voting, they should be taken down. Okay, this thank you. This is the era of the woman. The era of the woman, ladies and gentlemen, we need to take it down. And 50 years from now, if you weren't supporting the LGBTQ community, we'd take it down. we burn the books. Take it down. See, the great thing about America is America is built to improve itself. That's why we have an amendment process in the Constitution. That's why our founding document, the Declaration, is so brilliant. That's why we have multiple states in case some are wrong. That's why we have representative government. I mean, if anything, today America is freer and better than it's ever been. We should be, we should be celebrating it. Instead, they want to destroy it. And what do they want to replace it with? They're never asked that question. Congressman Carson, what do you want to replace it with? You want to replace it with the kind of lousy-run cities that the Democrats control? Lousy-run states that the Democrats control? Is that what we're going to replace it with? I'll be right back. Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian? 
Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course. The Western theological tradition is part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. a few good campaign uh, bumper stickers, Mr. Producer, from a pack or something. Uh, here's one. Vote for me. Uh, I'm not uh, mentally incompetent. Do you like that one? Vote for me. I know how much 2 plus 3 equals. You know, keep it very basic. Uh, just kidding, but not really. I mean, this this whole Democrat party, it's evil. The media are evil. And I need to tell you, I just showed you that the vast majority of protesters are Democrats. The vast majority of protesters are white. I suspect they're young white people. College is out, so what the hell? It's either hit the beach or protest. And then you have these these Marxist, anarchist, anti-American groups that Bernie Sanders has spawned. Bernie being a Marxist, as I've said all along. So people are going to need to make decisions based on this. Um, But it's really quite remarkable uh, how the media are reporting this. And the media in the United States is absolutely hated. And not because of Donald Trump. Because of the media. A Gallup study, media ranked dead last in public trust. And I want to get into this the next hour. It's not something we want to rush through because it's important. The media are despised. Why? Because it's not a media. Just as we despise the, the Russian, Pravda media, at least they're more honest over there. Russia TV's more honest than CNN and MSNBC and CBS and ABC and all the rest of it. Why? Because you know what they stand for. They admit it. Our media stands pretty much for the same thing but won't admit it. Admit it. I'll get into that next time. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. When you consider this pandemic and the way the media and the Democrats have tried to exploit this politically, when you consider what has happened and really still sits with our economy, it's really unbelievably that the, that the president is where he is. And then you see the Democrat Party riots. That's what they are. Man, oh, Manischewitz. Here's a, uh, here's a sticker. Trump, liberty, property, opportunity, or Biden, tyranny, theft, and decay. I like this one. I can add to seven. Do you like that one, Mr. Producer? 
All right, I want to talk to you about this uh, Gallup poll of the media now. Media ranked dead last in public trust. Oh, I wonder why. And by the way, they don't care. They're like the mob. The mob doesn't care if the public supports them or not. They just pull down the statues. So the media just pulls down the country, whatever. And here's the thing. CNN and MSNBC, Fox too, but more of those two, they play to a certain audience. So if they can get even meager numbers at CNN and MSNBC, they celebrate. And, and Drudge will give them a big red headline. Look at this. They beat Fox this week. Oh, my God. How come? Because they're throwing verbal Molotov cocktails. That's why. Let's keep it up. Keep it up. Look at all the reprobates that CNN and MSNB have hired. I mean, these are people who were all involved in the, the coup attempt. Oh, we have, a, uh, we have experts we're hiring uh, right out of the FBI, Lisa Payne. Had this guy Weissman. So he had his fourth or fifth conflict, and he had to step down. And Oh, yeah. They got Brennan, Clapper. Everyone you can think of. In a Gallup public opinion survey released near the beginning of the coronavirus shutdown, it says here, eight of the nine institutions studied received majority positive ratings, led by U.S. hospitals at 88%. The media ranked dead last in the study of Americans' trust in institutions. Only the media got a more negative than positive review. The finding is part of a decades-long decline in popular trust in the media, Gallup's editor-in-chief, Mohammed Yunus, said Tuesday during a virtual panel organized by the U.S. Council on Competitiveness. Now, this is amazing. The media should have the highest rate, right, of trust. It has the lowest, and for good reason. Since 2015, Gallup has tracked an increase in divergence between Republicans and Democrats on their attitudes toward the national media. The current partisan split is not surprising given the contentious relationship President Trump... Uh, so it's Trump's fault. Trump's fault. Not the media's fault, even though it's been going on since 2015. Still, the, uh, the deterioration of the trust among Republicans has been persisting for decades. Good, good. You got to that. Just to give you context, he says, when we were polling at the time of President Nixon's impeachment, seven in ten Americans said they had confidence in the honesty of the media they had access to in the United States. Today, only four in ten Americans say the same. So there's been a general decline. That decline is most pronounced among Republicans. But as of now, 41% of independents approve of the job that the media has done, which is exactly the national average. That means 59% don't. 68% 68% of Democrats share the view. Yeah, 68% of Democrats, two-thirds of them, think the media is great. Why wouldn't they? Their party controls it. 16% of Republicans. Now let's look at approval ratings. Hospitals in your local area, 93%. Hospitals in America generally, 92%. Your employer, Remember, this is what you have faith in, you feel positive about. Your child's school or daycare, 87%. Dr. Anthony Fauci. So they go from like buildings to Dr. Fauci. All right. Uh, He said 79%. Remember, this is when the virus broke out. Not since, because I doubt he'd be getting 79%. 
Government health agencies, 78 percent. Your state government, 78 percent. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, 67 percent. I guess they weren't including in their survey, Mr. Producer, senior citizens, particularly those at nursing homes and assisted living homes, uh, particularly since there's many less of them in New York now. Vice President Mike Pence, 56 percent. President Trump, 50 percent. Congress, 48 percent. The news media, 41 percent. So Congress and the news media lag behind the President of the United States. Now, you wouldn't know that watching the news, would you? Overall, what we found, says Jonas, is that people, again, similarly to the government, want to trust and want access to local news sources and see them dwindling away in the United States. And I, I would say that local news, certainly not perfect, more liberal than not, but much better than national news. Although I have to say, the Brett Bear Hour on Fox is a really good news program. I mean, I'm on the air when most of this goes on, but during the breaks, I'll check it out, some shows from time to time. You may not always agree with him, but you may agree with him a lot. The point is, you can tell he tries to play it straight. He really does. Even with his uh, commentators at the end there, he tries to have a, an honest mix. So I think Brett Bear is the best uh, news host. News anchor, I guess is the word. The best news anchor out there as far as I'm concerned. Now you see, Mr. Producer, people are standing vigil around this monument. This is like, you know, 4,000 years ago. When people, you know what I mean? Like people are, people are worshipping on idols. We've got to destroy this idol. We've got to get rid of it. Only then can we move forward. Only then we've got to destroy. Only then will we be free. Only then. Well, well, now, wait a minute. You're knocking down abolitionists. Uh, you're knocking down the men who fought, who were African-Americans for the Doesn't matter. It's triggering me. It's triggering me. i got to get rid of it. And they're mostly white people. You know, it is interesting to watch these politicians and other people. You know, they're masks and they're masks. Right, Mr. Producer, for the coronavirus? Now, the one that looks like, you know, the plastic one that goes over your face, like it's, like it's one of the ones that, that they have for dogs around their necks, if, the, if you work on something on their face or you don't want them to lick their paws or something like that. I think that the face shield is the most absurd of them all. I mean, I'm looking online at Representative Jim Clyburn wearing a face shield. Does he understand that look's going to be with him for the next 4,000 years? Just wear a face shield. Just wear the mask, the surgical mask. I want a face shield. I need a face shield. And then you imagine cleaning that face shield, all the uh, saliva. I mean, it's kind of gross thinking about the face shield. So basically, press, uh, your party supports you, but most other Americans think you suck. Now, they don't care because they're playing to their party. This is why they haven't really cracked down as a media on the protesters. Because that's part of their party, too. Or Black Lives Matter, part of the Democrat Party. Or Antifa, the mercenaries of the Democrat Party. I've been calling them the militia, but apparently others have picked up on that. But that's what they are. And altogether, the media is the Praetorian Guard for Democrats. Do you think a Republican would get away with what Joe Biden's doing? They'd have psychologists and psychiatrists on telling us that the guy is incapable of being president of the United States. He's not mentally fit. He's not coherent. 
We'd hear it day in and now if you do, what are you trying to say? What do you mean, what am I, what are you trying to say? That's awfully provocative. You don't know for sure. Meanwhile, Trump's nuts. He's a dictator. He's Hitler. Oh, wait a minute. No. But Biden, that, that's Joe. Lunch bucket Joe. Who's never carried a lunch bucket in his life. It should be out to lunch Joe, not lunch bucket Joe. But if you noticed, people know he's not all there. We know it. Your neighbors know it. Democrats know it. Marxists know it. Illegal aliens know it. Everybody knows Joe's not there. And they don't care. We're voting for Joe. Why? Well, you know. Seems like a nice guy. You know, he's a moderate, which he's not anymore, of course. Oh, no, no, that Joe, he just, he's more, you know, he's more presidential. Here's a guy sitting in his basement with a mask on his face. Can't complete a sentence or a thought. And he's more presidential. Tells black people if they don't vote for him, they're not black. Oh, that's presidential. He's got a bizarre record in the Senate. Against busing, for busing, against busing, now for busing again. By the way, you white, college-educated women in the suburbs, remember that. When you start screaming, what do you mean you're busing my child? Oh, just saying. Maybe you're part of this systemically racist crowd. You never know. Right. And then Joe Biden on the crime bill. The guy is a sponsor, one of the authors of the 1994 crime bill, which I support. I'm the only one left in America who does. Now he says, you know, that was a mistake. Mistake? Now he's against it. Doesn't matter. It's Joe Biden. You'd think Antifa would have a problem with that, but you'd especially think Black Lives Matter and the Marxists say whatever. No, no. We're going with Joe. They're frauds. Don't you get it? They're all frauds. They're all Democrats. All right. I mean, 20 years from now, they're going to need to to pull down statues of Joe Biden. Remember him? Right, Andre Carter? Congressman? Yes. Joe Biden. And And then his position on segregationists. Kamala Harris was great. I think he'll pick her, and I hope he does, because she'll be perfect to use against Biden, and she'll be perfect to use against herself as the Attorney General of California, laughing it up when she talked about that she has smoked pot while she threw people in jail for smoking pot. Oh, that's a good one, Kamala. But you know what? The media will cover it up. It won't matter. The media will cover it up. Now, we got to deal with this, though. Because Biden is at least the figurehead who's going to be running against Trump. And he needs to be defined. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. So I was on Sean Hannity last night, and they had super-duper ratings. I want to thank all of you folks. How much time do I have, Rich? Uh, Okay, so we can get started. So for those of you who couldn't watch, let's just take a little look at part of this, or listen at part of this. Cut one, go. We talk about the Constitution. You've written books that I think are, are the best written on that topic. We talk about the rule of law. That Constitution is our rule of law. You see this abuse of power. You see this attempted coup. You see what they're still doing to General Flynn and others. I want to know your thoughts. My thought is that the Obama administration was a mobster operation. The way that they used the FBI and the intelligence agencies goes all the way up to the Oval Office. I've been telling everybody that from day one. It's no way a president of the United States doesn't know what his consigliaries are doing. The FBI was used to spy on the candidate Trump. The FBI was used with the FISA court to take out President Trump. It was coordinated with the Hillary campaign and their phony dossier. They tried to criminalize this case uh, with the appointment of a special prosecutor to go after Russia collusion. The only people in modern history that have colluded with the Russians are the Democrats. And they've colluded with them from FDR and Aldra Hiss uh, to Ted Kennedy and beyond. Uh, This president has been put through the ringer. They make him the enemy. Our media... You know, the, the, so the Russian media is more free and more honest than the American media. At least they admit they, you know, they're a mouthpiece for a dictator. The Democrat Party media doesn't admit exactly what they are, but that is exactly what they are. What happened to General Flynn is a disgrace. What's happened to the President of the United States and his family is a disgrace. We have an attorney general and I believe a uh, U.S. attorney are trying to get to the bottom of this. It's a very good thing. But I want to talk more now about the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party has been at war with America for a very long time. The Democrat Party was the party of the Confederacy. After the Civil War, the Democrat Party was where so many of the Klansmen found a home. The Democrat Party supported segregation uh, right up to the 1960s. It was the Republicans who passed, really, with supermajorities, uh, the Civil Rights Acts and so forth and so on. But because the media in the back pocket of the Democrat Party, the one and the same, the history of the Democrat Party's never told. The Democrat Party never supports Americanism. Even today, democratic socialism. How about Americanism? Now, I want to talk about something. I'm watching these monuments come down, the Jefferson Monument, the Washington Monument. I want to ask these people, these are Biden's Bolsheviks. That's what they are. Every one of them is going to vote Democrat. Not a single one of them is going to vote for Trump. These are Democrat cities, Democrat looters, Democrat arsonists, Democrat mostly peaceful protesters with a Democrat media. So let's be clear, this is one party that's that's fighting in our cities and against our country. Now, we don't have enough time for the next segment, but I do want to play that for you as well. I just think it's important that we continue to get this message out. That we continue to get this message out. We are, I honestly feel we're behind. It's in my gut. I don't know why. I didn't say we're going to lose. I honestly feel we're behind. And I feel we're behind because the economy tanked as a result of the virus. Nothing the president could do. And then there's the virus itself. 
But the president's done everything humanly possible to, to engage it and confront it. And then we have the endless effort by the kamikaze media and the, uh, and the Marxist wing of the Democrat Party. Representatives who are running scared because they're being defeated by the AOC Soviet-style crowd. And so the Democrats have been radicalized. The Democrat Party is a dangerous, evil party that's constantly at war with Americanism, as it is today. If you vote now for that party, you're voting against your country. Let me make this as clear as I can so all the hosts on TV and radio can regurgitate it. If you vote for Joe Biden, or you vote for a Democrat for the House, or you vote for a Democrat for the Senate, you might say this isn't a party thing. Right now it is. It's like saying football isn't a team thing. Yeah, unfortunately it is. If you do that, you're voting against your country. Because as I sit here today, the Democrat Party is at war with America. America's founding, America's founding documents, America's institutions, whether it's the military, whether it's the cops, whether it's lawful immigration as opposed to lawless immigration. The Democrat Party is at war with America. And if you vote for Biden... Or if you vote for a Democrat for the House, or if you have a Senate seat up and you vote for them, you're voting against your country. You also happen to be voting against your own self-interest. Because where does the Democrat Party want to take us? What's their vision? What's their guidelines? What is it? What is it? They can't exactly tell you. They'll throw a few programs at you, a few policy ideas at you. Through platitudes, we've got to get rid of systemic racism and all. The fact is... You're going to be voting against the country, you're going to be voting against yourself, and you're going to be voting for a very, very evil party. More when I return. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Whatever Dr. Bandy Lee and her band of uh, psychiatrists and psychologists, they disappeared on Joe Biden, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed this? Unbelievable. American financing. You know, refinancing to consolidate debt is an attractive option for a variety of reasons. Makes debt payments more affordable, and oftentimes it can help with building your credit. Now, folks, mortgage rates continue to remain low, historically low. I mean, if you're going to act, you need to act like right now, making it worth your while to consider a mortgage refinance. And you can easily do so with the help from my friends at American Financing. These are very good people. I've gotten to know them. This is a family-owned business. And I recommend them because their mortgage consultants are only focused on your goals, so there's never any pressure. No upfront or hidden fees either, just simple conversations and guidance. They know what they're doing because they've been around for 20 years, helping people just like you, just like Mr. Producer, just like my daughter, and they save up $1,000 a month. 
sometimes more. Plus, you don't have to restart your loan term. You've got all kinds of options and variables that they'll walk through with you. They don't want you to pay interest that you shouldn't pay over the long term or each month. They really, really are creative. Not every lender can do this, but American financing can, and they treat you with respect like a human being. So uh, make the 10-minute call now and get your free mortgage review. 888-900-1828. The number is 888-900-1828, or go online to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, let's continue. By the way, Mr. Producer, I have suggested now that the news shows out there at least once a night show us in addition to what they consider, you know, bad activities by cops. How about some good activities by cops? They're all over the Internet, you know. How about a little balance? The balance would be like a thousand to one, but just even one to one. All right, Hannity, last night I'm continuing from prior to the bottom of the hour. Cut to go. But I want to talk about Biden's Bolsheviks. You know who these people are? These are former Bernie Sanders supporters. That's exactly who they are. Black Lives Matter, the co-founders, they said they want to get Trump out. These are Bernie Sanders supporters. And they have uh, they become mercenaries, Bolsheviks, for Biden. You're going to pull down Jefferson's memorial. I want to ask these people a question. The, the Declaration of Independence, the first draft was written by Thomas Jefferson. Uh, should we burn that too? Should the Declaration of Independence apply to the Antifa, to the Biden Bolsheviks? If you're going to pull down his monuments, I say we rip up the Declaration of Independence as applies to them. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Got a problem with that? That they are endowed by their creators for certain unalienable rights. Got a problem with that? That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Well, if you're going to pull that man's statues down, then I think we ought to rip up the declaration as applies to Biden's Bolsheviks. Now, let's take a look at the Constitution. And by the way, you know who voted for the Declaration of Independence? It was the Second Continental Congress. I wonder if these marauders even know there were two Continental Congresses, but there were. Men who didn't own slaves and men who did own slaves. And you know our Constitution, the Bill of Rights. It was the first Congress where we got the Bill of Rights that was sent to the states. All kinds of people were in that Congress. Men from free states, men from slave states. And you know what they gave us? The Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights. You have Black Lives Matter, which is a Marxist anarchist organization. This isn't about race. It's about Marxism. It's about anarchism. It's about defeating Trump, as I said. These are Biden supporters and Democrat Party voters. These are former uh, Bernie Sanders backers. Now, let's take a look at the Bill of Rights. The men who voted for the Bill of Rights in that Congress and the men who voted for the Bill of Rights in the ratification conventions were free men or men who came from free states and slave states. So the right to protest and freedom of speech, you know where that comes from? Those men. Also, when you look at the Fourth Amendment, warrants shall not issue upon probable cause. You know where that came from? Those men. Look at the Fifth Amendment, indictment by a grand jury, due process of the law. You know where that came from? Those men. The right to a speedy public trial by an impartial jury, the Sixth Amendment, came from those men. Look at the Eighth Amendment. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. It came from those men, a combination of men from free states and men from slave states. And meanwhile, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, 
the uh, Biden Bolsheviks, they wave around the Constitution and the Declaration while they're pulling down the monuments who actually wrote them and ratified them. These are clowns. These are ignoramuses. These are people who want to destroy our country from within. These are Democrats. This is a wing of the Democrat Party. Please understand this, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, I'll prove it to you. There's a big, beautiful Franklin Delano Roosevelt monument between the Lincoln Monument and the Jefferson Monument. You know what's not happening there tonight? Protests, graffiti, ropes to pull it down. There's no National Guardman protecting the Franklin Roosevelt monument. Why is that? Because he was a big socialist. They love Roosevelt. But he sent 120,000 Japanese Americans to internment camps. Does that matter? Apparently not. Do Japanese lives matter? I think they should. What else hasn't been torn down? The Russell Senate Office Building, named after a segregationist senator from Georgia, but a Democrat, Richard Russell. While uh, Nancy Pelosi at night is walking through the Capitol looking for portraits and statues to take down, why doesn't she look across the street at the Russell Office Senate Building? Why don't they take that down? I don't know. And while speaking of Pelosi, why is she mum? She's never mum. She's usually mumbling gibberish as she walks from meeting to meeting. Why don't they talk about her father? Her father was so proud of the monument they put in Baltimore of two Confederate big-time generals, and her father praised them and praised them. You know what that means, the, Bol the Biden Bolsheviks? She needs to go. It's in her blood. And we know it's in the DNA. We can't fix it. Mm. No, she can't go. She can't go. What would we do without Nancy Pelosi and her low IQ? And there's more. You know, the, the Robert Byrd statue that's in Capitol Hill. Nobody even talks about taking that down. It's the Democrats who were the slaveholders. It's the Democrats who are the segregationists. It's the Democrats who are the Marxists. Why don't they embrace America ever? Why don't they embrace the Constitution? I don't just mean for result-oriented purposes. And then the final clip, Mr. Producer, cut three, go. Earlier tonight, right here on Fox News Channel's The Story, a Black Lives Matter leader. Remember, different from people that say Black Lives Matter, the group, the ones that said, what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now? Well, this leader vowed to burn the entire system in this country to the ground if their demands are not met, take a look. I watched you, you know, talking in, on a bunch of different interviews today, and you said, burn it down. You said, burn it down. It's time. So that makes me think I, that, I you wanna, it's, that you want to burn time. it down. I said, if this country... If this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it, all right? And I could be speaking phys phys uh, figuratively. Okay. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. A matter of interpretation, okay. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi, she's now saying the GOP is trying to get away with the murder uh, of George Floyd on the police reform bill. You can't make it up, but it's true. When you were speaking yesterday, you said that Republicans are, quote, trying to get away with murder, actually, the murder of George Floyd. Senate Republicans are demanding an apology for that statement. Will you apologize? Absolutely, positively not. Uh, the fact is, people say, I think you, frankly, in the press have given them far too much credit for a bill that does nothing. With reaction to both the great one, Mark Levin. Uh, really, Mark? 
First of all, uh, she's pretty feeble. Between her and Biden, they have an IQ of about negative 17. It's very, very embarrassing. Nobody really cares what she has to say outside the Democrat Party. As for the other fellow with the hat and the shirt, you're going to burn what down, pal? The hell, I'm sick and tired of these damn threats from people I don't even know who don't think my, matter, my life matters and the matter of other people. You're going to burn what down? What exactly are you going to burn down, tough guy? I'm sick and damn tired of it. It's time to get behind the cops. It's time for these, these pathetic Democrat mayors and governors to call in the National Guard. It's time to take our streets back. And I'm talking for tens of millions of people, a rainbow coalition of Americans, black, brown, white, yellow, red, whatever. This is a civil society. It's a great country. You don't like it? Pick up your ass and leave. We have people trying to get into this country by the millions from every continent on the face of the earth, every color, every background. Why? Because we're systemically racist? We're not systemically racist. And the police force isn't systemically racist. Now, these are Bernie Sanders radicals. These are Marxists. They go out and get hats and they get shirts and they burn things down and break things in Democrat cities because these pathetic left-wing Democrat mayors won't stand up to them. It's all happening in Democrat cities. They're pulling down the nation's monuments, but only certain monuments. Whatever happened to Robert Byrd? The Democrat Party makes him the majority leader, makes him the minority leader. He's got a statue in the Capitol. I notice Pelosi doesn't talk about taking that down, the Grand Klegel. I notice, I also notice she gave a eulogy for Robert Byrd, and Obama gave a eulogy for Robert Byrd, and Biden gave a eulogy for Robert Byrd. And let me make a quick suggestion. There ought to be four debates. Three, Trump versus Biden, and one, Biden versus Biden. Where does he stand on busing today? He was for it, against it, for it. Well, Where does he stand on the crime bill today? He was an author, now he's against it. Where does he stand on segregationists? He used to work with them beautifully, now he's opposed to it. Four debates, three Trump-Biden, one Biden-Biden. That's it. All right. Now we move quickly on this program. Now we'll move to the more cerebral. What underlays all this? Karl Marx, that's what underlays all this. Marx and Engels. And they argued and wrote that it's crucial to sever all ties with the past. For the past is nothing more than a history of domination, they write. In one form or another over the proletariat, the people. You see, if you're successful, you're part of the bourgeoisie. Otherwise, you're the proletariat, the good people. And they wrote, in bourgeois society, the past dominates the present. Listen, this is the key. In communist society, the present dominates the past. You got that, Mr. Producer? So the past must be destroyed. The past must be redefined. Because it's present today that needs to dominate the past. This is very, very key to understanding what's taking place here. And breaking from the past means also breaking from the family, from tradition, from customs, from institutions, from religion. And therefore requires that communist indoctrination replace education. Communist indoctrination replace education. And you see that taking place on our college campuses. And Marx writes, but you will say we destroy the most hallowed of relations when we replace home education by social. And your education, he says... Is not that also social and determined by social conditions under which you educate? By the intervention, direct or indirect, of society by means of schools? 
The communists have not invented the intervention of society and education. They do but seek to alter the character of that intervention and to rescue education from the influence of the ruling class. The bourgeoisie claptrap about the family, this is their language, and education about the hollowed correlation of parent and child become all the more disgusting as by the action of modern industry. All family ties among the proletarians are torn asunder and their children transformed into simple articles of commerce and instruments of labor. What else does the history of ideas prove than that the intellectual production changes its character in proportion as material production has changed? The ruling ideas of each age have ever been the idea of its ruling class. So he's saying exactly what you hear from Black Lives Matter and Antifa and leftists in this country, and Bernie Sanders. Statues come down, books are burned, movies are yanked. We need to change our sporting events. We need to change all aspects of society because they're all tied to the ruling class, and the ruling class has slavery in its DNA, hence the 1619 Project. Hence, the head of Black Lives Matter in New York. You either meet our wants or we burn everything down. That's Marx. Marx and Engels couldn't be clear. Quote, there are besides eternal truths, and he's mocking the declaration, such as freedom, justice, etc., that are common to all states of society. But communism abolishes eternal truths. It abolishes all religion, all morality, instead of constituting them On a new basis, it therefore acts in contradiction to all past historical experience. The history of all past society has consisted in the development of class antagonisms that assume different forms at different epochs. Now, I'm going to continue with this when we return. I'll be right back. Now, there's not a lot of people going to come behind this microphone and talk to you about Marx and Engels and what they wrote, but I've written about these things. I've studied them my entire life, and I know what's going on. I know what's going on. And through this show, I believe, and many of you independently, for that matter, know what's going on. And you can see it playing out. And the Democrat Party is now the vessel through which This Destroy America movement has taken hold. And this is why you see Pelosi and Schumer conduct themselves this way. And this is why you see even liberals being knocked off by radical leftists out of New York and parts of the West Coast and so forth. This is an extremely radicalized party. And the problem is the media are on their side. If the media would report the truth about what's going on with the Democrat Party, that they have no specific plans, but they have an overall effort, clearly to destroy what exists, they wouldn't have the support that they have. They just wouldn't. Those are Democrats who are rioting. Those are Democrats who are pulling down monuments. They're not people who are are in in their inner cities uh, claiming um, systemic racism. Those are, you know, LeBron James and sportscasters and people like that. It's not the people in the communities. They're not even talked to. They don't even speak to them. That is the media. Everyone knows PayPal... But did you know they're teaming up with Honey to save you a lot of money? Honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. And now it's part of the PayPal family. 
Just add Honey to your computer and shop on all your favorite sites like you normally would. And when you check out, just click the little Apply Coupons button that pops up. Wait a few seconds for Honey to scan its database of all the working coupons on the web, then watch your price plummet. Honey works on nearly every online store, including Walmart, DoorDash, Home Depot, Lululemon, Macy's, and more. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. Honey is free for you to use. It installs in seconds. Why wouldn't you use this? Get Honey today at joinhoney.com slash Levin. That's joinhoney.com slash L-E-V-I-N. Joinhoney.com slash Levin. Do you buy stuff on the internet? Then join Honey. I'm not kidding. It costs you nothing. That's joinhoney.com slash L-E-V-I-N. This hour, our guest will be Don Jr. We'll get his take on what's happening in the country, the campaign, and the streets. And, of course, me. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We cannot allow Joe Biden and the Democrats and the media to get away with what he's doing. We can't have a candidate who hides from us, pops up now and then, issues statements. A candidate, if he doesn't have the, the energy to be a candidate, he's not going to have the energy to be a president. Now, a lot of people are used to Joe Biden. He's been around forever. For you liberals out there, he's like a bad hemorrhoid. He's been in the Senate he got elected there when he was 19, it was 1972, he's been there, 1973, only to leave to become Vice President of the United States. He is the swamp. And by the way, he's a nasty SOB. He's not Mr. Nice Guy, he's not level-headed. The only reason he doesn't tweet is because he doesn't know how. They don't just take sharp objects away from him, they take all objects away from him. This is the man that tried to destroy... Robert Bork. This is the man who tried to destroy Clarence Thomas. And many, many other people who came before that Judiciary Committee whose names you don't know, but they were quite prominent. Quite prominent. This is the man who's been a pathological liar his entire life, who is a real lightweight when it comes to brain power, even before now. But he used to brag about his IQ, brag about his degrees, all lies. And the amazing things about Joe Biden's serial lying is that they were easily disproved. Easily. 
He graduated near the top of his class. He actually graduated near the bottom of his class. He said he got multiple degrees. He did not get multiple degrees. He bets his IQ is higher than the reporter who questions him. His IQ is lower than virtually everybody who walks upright in this country. In all these years in Washington, you can't point to two, three, four things that he did were of any major import or significance. And some of the things he did now, he's walking back. He's walking back. And so we have a virtual candidate, which means no candidate. We have a right to see Joe Biden dealing with the, the public. We have a right to see Joe Biden and to see how he conducts himself for a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour at a time, so we can get the measure of the man. The man who's 77 years old. If he's elected, he'll be 78. If he serves a full term, he'll be 82 years old by the time he leaves. And even now, he's just not with it. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody. And it's quite appalling. And now they're planning for an all-virtual convention. Why? Because they're afraid of the coronavirus? No, of course not. Democrats will hold an almost entirely virtual presidential nominating convention, writes AP, August 17 to 20 in Milwaukee, using live broadcasts and online streaming, party officials said. Joe Biden plans to accept the presidential nomination in person, but it remains to be seen whether there'll be a significant in-person audience there to see it. The DNC said in a statement that official business, including the votes to nominate Biden and his yet-to-be-named running mate, will take place virtually, with delegates being asked not to travel to Milwaukee. It's the latest sign of how much... I'll tell you why. Because of of Bernie's Bolsheviks. Now, they're Biden's Bolsheviks right now because they know he's the nominee, but it's because of Bernie's Bolsheviks. They don't want to mess at this convention. They don't want you to see the nut jobs and hear from them. So this is all sort of a, 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 an autocratic approach to nominating a candidate. It's the latest sign of how much the COVID-19 pandemic, this is AP, what a joke, associated depressed, has upended American life in the 2020 presidential election, leading Biden and the party to abandon the usual trappings of an event that draws tens of thousands of people to the host city to mark the start of the general election campaign. Not even during the Civil War, World War II, did the two major parties abandon in-person conventions with crowded arenas. Not even during the Spanish flu, which killed millions and millions. But this is different, you know, according to Dr. Fauci. Biden's campaign manager, Jen O'Malley Dillon, said the drastically altered convention won't be an impediment. Quote, Vice President Biden intends to proudly accept this party's nomination in Milwaukee, take the next step forward towards making Donald Trump a one-term president, she said, adding that Biden's campaign will continue to highlight Wisconsin as a key battleground state. He's not going to travel throughout Wisconsin. The new details were released the same day Biden's team announced its leadership team in Wisconsin, one of three key states that helped propel Trump to an Electoral College victory. Representative Benny Thompson of Mississippi will serve as convention chair, party officials said. 
Party chairman Tom Perez said scaling back Democrats' festivities in a matter of... So here's what they're going to wrap themselves in righteousness. Trump is killing people, you see. He's going to have a convention. Therefore, the virus is going to spread. Trump is killing people. Trump being presidential, going to events is killing people. Trump being presidential, having campaigns is killing people. Biden is righteous. He's a statesman. By staying home and muttering through speeches and statements. Biden is righteous, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody does propaganda better than Marxists. Nobody. Party Chairman Perez said scaling back Democrats' festivities is a matter of public health. He sought to draw a contrast with Trump's push for a traditional convention in North Carolina clashing with the state's Democratic Governor Roy Cooper and public health officials over the details amid the pandemic, he says. They write... The RNC has confirmed its official business will be conducted in Charlotte, but Trump has said he plans to accept his nomination in Jacksonville, Florida, because Cooper wouldn't guarantee Republicans the ability to host a large-scale event in Charlotte's NBA arena. But unlike Trump, says Perez, Joe Biden and Democrats are committed to protecting the health and safety of the American people. Just don't ask him for ventilators. Just don't ask them for hospital beds. Just don't bring up nursing homes and assisted living facilities. Other than that, they are committed to the health of the American people. Besides events in Wisconsin, Democrats plan other events in satellite locations. These aren't events. These are... Mr. Bader, how easy is it to sit on your ass and be in front of a microphone and a camera? I'm not talking about content-wise. I'm talking about you're not traveling the country. You're not going out and visiting. And you want to be president. We've never had a candidate avoid scrutiny like this before. You know, they kept saying about Trump, we need his medical reports. Is he healthy? We need a psychiatrist report, a psychological analysis to determine, and I'm serious, Joe Biden's health. We need a brain scan. A brain scan will tell us if there's dementia or there's some kinds of Alzheimer's or anything else. It'll tell us that. And I am not saying this to be provocative. I am telling you we cannot have a president who is mentally disabled. In fact, he needs to be taken care of. It is a disgrace what his family has done. Dr. Jill Biden. It is a disgrace what the media have done here. Veteran producer Ricky Kirshner who has worked on every Democratic National Convention since 1992, will lead production of the convention, including the satellite broadcasts. Kirshner has served as executive producer of the Tony Awards since 2004 and the Super Bowl halftime show since 2007. He's won nine Emmy Awards. So now, it's like a Hollywood movie or an event. They're going to create an impression of Biden. They're going to create an aura around Biden. And they know their supporters are stupid enough to fall for it. The question is, are the college-educated white women in the suburbs, that's the key they keep telling us, are they as stupid as the pollsters say they are, and are they as stupid as the Biden campaign thinks they are? We're about to find out. I hope they're not. They well could be. I'll be right back. in. Mark 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. John uh, Stewart, I've never understood this guy. He's a sarcastic, relatively stupid man. He's predictably left-wing. He talked about the first responders and they needed to get money, which I thought was a good thing. Uh, And now when the cops need his help, where is he? He's absolutely silent. He's hawking his movie. Looks like a stupid movie. He, like these other frauds, in my humble opinion, they live a life of luxury. They're enormously wealthy. They are, you would think, part of the systemically racist society that so many people talk about. But he looks down on most people. That's what he does. He's got all kinds of writers and support staff and so forth. Never has a man with so little talent gotten so far, other than that guy Colbert, I guess. But of course, their politics is key, you see. Very important. By the way, where's Jimmy Kimmel? Is he in a re-education camp now? Just curious. Cut 12, go. Biden was not my guy. You know, wasn't even in the top four. I I was more of a Sanders-Warren. See, more of a Sanders-Warren guy. Sanders, I'm more of a Sanders-Warren guy. You know, that's where we peeps are with the Sanders-Warren guy. In other words, absolutely way Hardcore left wing. And the amazing thing about these very wealthy leftists is try and take five cents from them. They got accountants and CPAs and tax lawyers trying to figure out how, you know, how to cut this corner and that corner. It's amazing. It's like LeBron James. Same thing. They live one way and they talk another. Go ahead. Cabberman all the way. There you go. I'm not crazy about the Uncle Joe character. The Uncle Joey I went, I took down Corn Pop. Hey, how you doing? The touchy-feely, like, I don't like that shtick. I think it's... He prefers... Joe, he prefers Pops. Pops. You know, okay. the whole, like, he told me, Joey, always take the train, because it always gets you there with a bag of lunch. You know, all that kind of stuff feels shticky to me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's not the core of who that guy really is. And I've recently been thinking about something, and that is that we, we are a country in terrible anguish right now. Just ter- we, are, we are in pain. American exceptionalism. No, it's too bad we can't turn to Sanders and Warren. That would fix it, wouldn't it, Mr. Producer? Oh, yeah. Hey, idiot. Who do you think the people in the streets are? They're Sanders and Warren supporters like you, Schmo. Oh, but we're in pain. Donald Trump Jr., how are you, sir? 
I'm doing well. Yourself? Well, you know, I've been better. I don't like watching the country go to hell under the hardcore left uh, in these various cities and so forth. Pulling down monuments. They don't even know what they're pulling down, but they're in the way, so they want to pull. You know, it reminds me of, like, medieval times, Don. Uh, people standing around statues and staring. I'm, I'm watching this and, staring and staring at the statue. Just staring at it like, we got to get this thing. Like, they're idols, and that'll fix everything. What do you make of this? I think it's crazy. I mean, I actually, uh, you can see how the media is trying to clearly manipulate what's actually going on, because I put out a tweet the other day that basically said, hey, you want to end the destruction of our monuments and our history? All you have to do is get a petition going to say we're going to replace them with a more sturdy version of Donald Trump. Uh, and <laughs> the, the, the leftists jumped on it. He's, he's defending Confederate statues. I go, I didn't realize that uh, Lincoln, Washington, Grant... I didn't realize they were conservatives because if they, or, <laughs> I didn't realize they were Confederates because if they were, that's really big news to me. Uh, but they have no answer, so they're trying to conflate and they're trying to turn riots into peaceful protests. You saw that, yes. right? Yes. It's a mostly oh, yeah. peaceful protest. I go, really? Was it a mostly peaceful protest when two people were shot and killed? Was it a mostly mm-hmm. peaceful protest? As you're literally on the air trying to sell me this garbage, there's a housing project in the background burning. The reporter gets hit in the face with a bottle. During the interview, oh, it's mostly peaceful. It's mostly peaceful. It's, uh, the lies, uh, the attempt to sell a narrative that literally doesn't exist in any rational form, uh, and yet they continue to go all in on it because they, I guess they believe it's going to be bad for Donald Trump as opposed to just terrible for inner cities, terrible for America, terrible for our freedoms and our way of life. Uh, and yet they're, they're all in. They're fully committed. Isn't it interesting that... Um... Some statues get to stay, like Franklin Roosevelt's. They, you don't need the National Guard to protect that because he was a socialist. They love him. Well, but, but he was a but Democrat, and he, and he rounded up Japanese-Americans. Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to go with. I was like, you know, in all fairness, if there was one person that sort of rounded up a group of Americans and put them away, you'd think FDR would probably make the top of that list. But, but he's immune. Uh, it's like we saw this week with the criticism of, um, uh, what, what's his name, the late night show host, um, there's so many of those. Oh, Kimmel? Yeah, there, there's so many, and they're all leftists. Yeah, Kimmel. You know, where he gets called Is, isn't he in a re-education camp now? For doing, you know, for doing blackface, for dropping the N-word. He goes, well, you know, I know it was comedy. It was this. I go, but Jimmy, you're the guy that has spent years canceling and trying to destroy the lives of those who are politically different than you for doing literally less than what you have done. Mm-hmm. And you feel that you should be immune to that because those are the rules by which the left gets to play by. You don't have to be right. You just have to get them to go along, and they always do. So they'll defend Jimmy Kimmel to the death. They'll go down trying to defend his actions, which in many cases were much worse than the same people that they cancel on the other side. Look at what same same network. Look at what they did to Roseanne Barr, who is also a comedian who can also hide behind the you know the guise of comedy if if that's the game they also play. Oh, it's always comedy uh, for them. Uh, they canceled her in five seconds. She had better ratings, better, you know, a much hotter show than Jimmy Kimmel ever did. But you know what? Yeah, she was kind of a Trump Trump fan. Uh, she was a conservative, supporting those things. So she gets canceled for an off-color tweet. Jimmy Kimmel doing blackface and screaming the N-word. No problem there. Uh, what do you uh, what What do you make of this? This really troubles me. This This Joe Biden stuff. Everybody knows he has issues. Everybody knows that's why they've locked him in the basement. Everybody knows they want to have a virtual convention. 
What's he going to be, a virtual president? Now, we only have 30 seconds. I'd like to carry over at the bottom because this is important, I think. I've never seen a candidate like, we all know what the issue is here. It's not the virus. It's him. Now, this is going to be a problem because they don't want your father and his campaign to define this guy because this guy's going to be on every side of every issue. Uh, and he's not going to be able to get pinned down, and he's not going to be able to be available for, like, long-form interviews. So when we come back, Don Jr., I want your opinion on that, because this guy needs to be defined. Right now, you know, the media is running interference for him. We'll be right back with Donald Trump Jr., as you can tell. Really sharp, great guy. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Don Trump Jr., Joe Biden. Yep. He's hiding, right? I mean, that's the bottom line. He's not up to being president of the United States. No, he, it, it, and it's clear. I mean, you see him. They, they put him in on a teleprompter when he's speaking to 20 people. This is a 50-year D.C. swamp creature, a politician that's been doing it for half a century. He needs to be on a prompter to talk to 20 people that show up to hear him speak. You see it today. He speaks to a very small group, reporters there. The second he's off script, they try to ask him one question. They rush him off because they don't know what they're going to get. You saw it during the debates, Mark. Each time he tried to answer a question, he mumbled through a couple things, forgot where he was going with it, had no idea what to do next. So he went to the default excuse for Joe Biden, which has never been up, never been done in the history of debates, probably ever. Oh, well, I, I don't want to take up any more time. I, I'm going to cede my time to others. I, I don't want to take up any more time. It's like, no, 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 I'd love to have a little bit more of your time because it's clear you didn't make your point. It's clear you had no idea where you were going. So that's the reality. They're trying to put Joe Biden in there because they think they can convince America that he's a moderate. The media won't cover his obvious flaws. They won't cover the cognitive decline. You don't believe in the cognitive decline? Do yourselves a favor and go Google a video of Joe Biden speaking on the Senate floor 20 years ago and tell me it's the same person. It's not. Now, the same televangelists and the same telepsychologists that got on all the time yelling about Donald Trump uh, mm-hmm. saying that he was in cognitive decline. He's in the later stages of Alzheimer's and dementia combined. They criticized Ronnie Jackson for literally running through a cognitive test. Uh, you remember that uh, that sort of health report that the oh, yeah. conference on that one, you know, where he's like, I actually did it. Trump volunteered for it. You, know, you don't see Joe Biden volunteering for these things, and you don't see those same 
telepsychologist talking about the obvious flaws. Dr. Brandy Lee. I can't remember where he is 50% of the time. If Donald Trump confused Ohio and Iowa once, it would be over. They would say, 25th Amendment, it's time to get him out. Joe doesn't remember who his wife is versus his sister. He doesn't remember what state he's in, what office he's running for on a daily basis. It's truly sad, but they have him in there because they're trying to paint him. They can try to paint him as a moderate. He's not. He's been on the wrong side of every decision he's ever made. That's not just me saying it. That's Robert Gates, who was Obama's own secretary of defense, saying it in his book about Joe Biden. The guy is not fit to lead, but they can try to sell it to the American people, and the media are going to spend billions both protecting Biden and trying to elevate him somehow to someone who could actually complete a sentence, which is almost hard to believe given what you see from the guy. But they're going to do that because they're going to try to sell it to the American people. This is the reasonable, moderate guy. But who's going to really be making the decisions for him if he wins? Do you think it's Joe Biden? Because I don't believe that anyone believes it's Joe Biden. It's going to be one of the uber leftists pushing their crazy leftist agenda. And if you lose the presidency and you lose the House and with it, maybe the Senate, because if all of those things are going bad, it's all going bad. They're going to implement things that will be insurmountable for anyone who likes freedom or conservatism or America as we know it today, Mark. It's gone. They're going to push their vote by mail, open borders. They're going to stack the courts. It's over. So that's why people have to get motivated. They have to recognize what's going on. They have to see the coordinated attacks in these riots. These aren't peaceful protesters. They're rioting. They're destroying properties. They're looting the inner cities, places that needed it most, and frankly, the places that probably got the most benefit from Donald Trump's presidency of any presidency in modern history. You know, and they'll destroy all of that to try to create a narrative to hurt Donald Trump. It's disgusting. But they did you, uh, do it, and they continue to get away with it. It's a different question. Did, did you ever know John Bolton? Did you ever meet John Bolton? I, I've met him. Uh, I, I didn't know him at, at all well. Um, you know, it's, you know, like, like so many, um, you know, when Donald Trump wasn't willing to wage the endless wars that John Bolton wanted to fight, sending our troops to die while not doing it himself, uh, you know, the second Donald Trump doesn't go along with that agenda, shuts it down, starts bringing our troops home, you know, that's when that D.C. establishment, frankly, on both sides, uh, we need our endless wars. We need our blowing contracts. We need our you know, billion-dollar enterprises so we can then sit on those boards later. You know, and then someone offers them a $2 million deal to, to do a book that no one's going to actually read because it's critical of Trump. So you know, I didn't spend all that much time with him. Um, but, you know, I, I knew there was always tension because my father didn't want to go in unnecessary wars. He believes in peace through strength. He's been able to do things on a foreign policy basis not by having to send in our troops, but having our enemies or our would-be enemies understand that if they cross the line, unlike Obama, Trump will actually hate you. So when you have that resolve, you don't need to be in a fight because the enemy knows that America is superior to them, that America will win. And when they know that the guy behind the button isn't going to do like what happened to Obama in Syria, where he draws a red line and they cross it and slap him in the face and do it again and again, they believe that Donald Trump will actually act. It's why he's been able to get things done. It's why he's been able to do it without having to put our troops in the same endless wars that prior administrations have locked us into now for decades. You know, uh, people discount something that's very important, I think. Reagan had a very successful foreign policy. And I've told your dad this, and I've said it on the air. And your dad's foreign policy is not all that dissimilar. In other words, your dad is using economic power. 
against China. Well, Reagan used economic power against the Soviet Union. He didn't attack the Soviet Union. Correct. And he was able to bring down the Soviet Union. And your dad is boxing in China after saying year after year after year when he wasn't even a candidate for anything. China's the problem. China's the problem. Now everyone agrees. China's the problem. While Joe Biden and his family were selling out to China. Oh, Joe Biden, between the stuff with the World Trade Organization and everything else, Joe Biden literally is the architect that allowed China to grow from an economy the size of the Netherlands to the second largest superpower in the world economically. This was created by Joe Biden. Mark, do you think I'd have a problem if I took $1.5 billion from the Chinese government like Hunter Biden? One dollar. If I took a dollar fifty, it would be over. The heads would explode. The media would be outraged. Joe Biden's family has enriched himself. In a, by the way, in a typical fund structure, you know, so your listeners understand, there's usually a 2% management fee and 20% on profits. The 2% annual, it's a recurring fee, on $1.5 billion is 30 million dollars a year. It's not mm. like they just invested with him. He, this was a journeyman investor that no one had ever heard of. He goes to China, five days later, comes back with $1.5 billion. I know the most successful investors in the world. It takes them 15 years to get into China if they ever can, if they can ever tap into those resources, because the Bidens are bought and paid for. And now, more than ever, coming out of the Wuhan virus, coming out of this pandemic caused by and accelerated by China, that they tried to cover it up with lies, that they probably paid off the World Health Organization. Uh, they, they shut down travel from Wuhan to Beijing and Shanghai while allowing those same sick people to travel to America and to the rest of the world and to Europe. If anyone still believes that China is really going to be a global player looking out for the interests of anyone other than China, they are morons, Mark. Mm-hmm. There is no helping that person. It's so clear, and it has been long. But our elite and our establishment has allowed for that rise. They've shipped off our jobs. They've shipped off our middle class. They've shipped off our American dream. Our only export for the last five decades has been the American dream. So many Americans, including my family, were able to once experience. Donald Trump has put an end to that nonsense. He's fought back. He got it done. And more importantly, when you talk about him getting a trade deal done in January of this year with the Chinese, don't forget, everyone said he could never get it done. He has that as well as all those other economic accomplishments, despite unprecedented incoming, despite unprecedented attacks on himself, on his administration, on his family. Trust me, I know a little bit about this Mm -hmm. stuff because I went through 30 hours of congressional testimony where they would hope that I would lie so they could throw me in jail and hold that over his head. Okay, I've been through it. His record of success is incredibly impressive, but it's so much more impressive when you look at what he was able to get done despite that onslaught. And that's why coming out of COVID-19, coming out of pandemic, who do you want running the country? Who do you want rebuilding America? The guy that did it once before, the guy that's built his entire life, the guy that took America to new heights economically despite those odds, or Joe Biden, who honestly, like, do you really believe, like, he could do anything? If Joe Biden could fix the economy, if Joe Biden could fix racial issues, why didn't he tell Obama how to do it? Why didn't he do it in the first 48 years of his Washington, D.C. swamp career? Mm-hmm. It's because he can't do it. He's not capable of that. Joe Biden in his peak was not capable of it, let alone now. This is the fight we are in. And the media and everyone has gone lockstep with the DNC talking points. They are no longer journalists. They are simply activists. And they are activists to take away our freedoms. There's never been more 
at stake in an election. And I know people are used to hearing that, and you hear that every time. But if you look at the party platforms, if you look at what the Democrats stand for today, this is a fight of, for our freedoms versus socialism, communism, and globalism. Mm-hmm. No, that's, it's that simple. And, you know, I, I think there's three seminal elections, 1860, 1864, and 2020. And I'm not joking either. This is, people need to understand, you're voting now. Forget about the president. You're voting for yourself. Do you like your... Want to secure the border? Do you want a strong military? You want to back up the cops? Well, that's Trump. You want the opposite? That's them. And that's the bottom line. You've got to vote your own interest now, your own country, your own family. At least that's the way I see it. Don Jr., I want to thank you very, very much. I think you're voting for your dad. By, by I'm listening yeah, to you. Yeah, he probably got my vote. He yeah. probably got my vote. You never know. It's still early, but uh, <laughs> I'm sort of committed to freedom and our Constitution. So that sort of makes it a no-brainer when you look at the alternative. Well, God bless you and all my best. Good to speak to you, my friend. All right, you too. That's one sharp dude. I think he'll be around for a while, don't you, Mr. Producer? He really is good. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at AMAC.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. You folks must love watching me on Fox when I do the Hannity show. We get killer ratings, Mr. Producer. I guess that's why they go out. I guess that's why Sean just keeps hammering me to come on. Uh, But I appreciate it, particularly when I feel like uh, I'm on a mission, which I feel like every day these days. But I want to thank you. I have the best audience, and God bless each and every one of you. I have not pulled up the call screen. Let's, do we have any liberals? Do we have any democratic socialists? Marxists, Maoists, Leninists, Stalinists? Just regular Americans. All right, who shall I speak to? Russ, are you there, Russ? Russ, are you there, Russ? Ross, I yes, mean, I'm Ross. Here. Sorry, yeah, Ross, I'm how here, are you? Mark. You're in Minnesota? I'm in Duluth, Minnesota. Well, I have some advice for you. Get the hell out of there. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. sir. I'm not going to die in Minnesota. Yeah, me neither. I'm not going there. Well, I lived here. I've lived here all my life. Hey, you know what? Ten years ago, I got wrapped into a bet that I could listen to first Rush Limbaugh, then Sean Hannity. Yeah. And I worked a night shift in a shop. Great job. Non-union. Now I'm union. Sucks. Anyway, and he said, if you can get to Levin for like an hour, he says you win. 
and I could not do it for the longest time, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but here you are. Here you yeah, are. Still times I, I can't handle it. But you know what? Yes. yes. I think you know what? I think people have underestimated the Midwest and I, I call it the old tea party. We learned our lesson. We got slammed in the butt. But not in Minnesota. Well, yeah, you know what? Don't I, I'm so mad at Hannity and Trump. I've been. Why? I wanted to go out to Mount Rushmore. I couldn't get tickets out there. My echo. Anyway, that was a bad deal. Don't get but, mad at me. I have a question to ask you. They're in Madison. And the, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't get mad at me. I have a question to ask. You. May I ask you a question? You sound like an old friend to me. Okay. You're not at happy hour or anything, are you? No, I'm in my garage. I, you know, I just after the day, I yeah, have a few I, I, a few I, beers. I, you know what, Mark? Here in Duluth. We yeah. are so fortunate because we can have Rush Limbaugh from 11 to 3 <laughs> or 2, Hannity from 2 to 5, and you from 5 to 8. My God. You know what they used to call that when we were all on the same station on WABC? You know what they used to call that in radio? Murderer's Row. I what they used to call us. Well, cornucopia is okay if you can say it fast 10 times. Well, I can, but, you yes. know... <laughs> I, I think if, if, if Biden would get elected, wouldn't he have to be impeached immediately? Well, I would say that we need to prepare the 25th Amendment challenge. He'll be the first pre-25th Amendment president, you know, uh, have to be removed as a result of uh, his condition. Uh, but the Democrats won't remove him. They'll keep him there. If he were an orange juice can, they'd still elect him. That's what they want. Doesn't matter. They just want to advance their policies by hook or by crook, mostly by crook. Mark, okay, so education system. How yes. do we ever fix the education system? I was in 1960. I graduated in 1978. And I can honestly say I'm a Minnesota person. Yes. Born and raised, moved to Minnesota. I, I, come on. That's what bad. is Minnesota known for, by the way? Seriously. 10,000 ways. Okay, great. But, but who, what do you make there exactly other than snowballs? Hey, Mark, I work for a production bakery. I got to go. I'm going to tell you something. I like you. You're a good guy. I appreciate it, buddy. I got to go. That music means I got to dance. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency personnel. Thank you all. God bless you all. And I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.